Dear brothers and sisters of our Lord Jesus Christ, the angel of the Lord, the Son of God, he appeared to Gideon and called him a man of valor, a man who's brave. But Gideon did not appear to be very powerful at all. He was in hiding from the Midianites who were oppressing the children of Israel. The Midianites were like locusts, like locusts on the land to destroy Israel's crops or to kill or steal their animals. They were their enemies. As a result, many of the Israelites were forced to make dens and strongholds for themselves in the mountains and in caves. They had to be in hiding from these enemies. But little wheat Gideon was able to gather is forced to thresh in secret in a wine press. And on top of all of that, his clan was weakest in Manasseh. And he himself was weakest in his father's house. Nobody would look at him as a man of valor, as someone who was powerful. They would look at, at him as someone who was, who was weak, who, who wouldn't be able to get anything done. So we can understand Gideon's response to the angel of the Lord's greeting, the Lord is with you. Gideon said to him these words, Please, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his wonderful deeds that our fathers recounted to us? But now the Lord has forsaken us and given us into the hand of Midian. And I was like, where are you, God? We're without hope. Now, there are times when the people of God's Israel today which is known as the church, that's you, feel like Gideon. Perhaps there have been moments in these darkening days of Advent when you yourselves have asked questions similar to Gideon's. If God is with us, if he really is Emmanuel, why is the church suffering? mistreated, or ignored. If God is with me, why is my life such a mess? Why don't I have any friends in school? Why are others picking on me? Why is school so hard for me? I work really, really hard, and then it seems like I'm not able to do as well as I want to do. Why? Why do I feel so alone? Why am I sick and suffering? These are all questions that we ask when things aren't going well for us, when maybe we're having a bad day or a bad week or maybe even a bad year. Like Gideon, we too may sometimes feel forsaken or left alone, and yet we know deep down that the messes that we make in our lives are sometimes of our own making. For example, maybe sometimes we don't do well in school because we don't study. We do something else. We get distracted. 
Or maybe it's hard to keep friendships because we treat each other poorly. You see, sometimes these messes are of our own making. That's how it was in Gideon's day. The Israelites had forsaken the Lord for God's that they thought would give them what they wanted, that would do for them whatever they wanted. Now, God in his anger, you know what he did? He allowed their enemies to overtake them. Now, he allowed the enemies to overtake them, to put them down, not to destroy them, but to get them to repent to turn back to God from whom comes our hope, from whom come all the blessings of this life and the life to come. So he let them experience getting what they wanted so that they would see that that in the end wasn't going to help them. It's kind of like if you were able to eat whatever you wanted, whatever you wanted, are you able at home to eat whatever you want? So can you have cake for breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Your parents don't allow that? Wow. Would it taste good? Yeah, for a while. But eventually it would cause problems because too much of the wrong thing will hurt you, right? And so God allows them to feel a little hurt so that they recognize that, you know, it's not good. Going after the things of the world leave us empty. But as you go through the history of the world, as you go through the Old Testament, you see this all the time. God's, God's people are blessed, and then they forget about God. They, they go after the wrong things. They don't eat the right food, if you will. They eat the food of the world instead of the the food that endures to eternal life, the, the food that comes from God, and then things go bad. They feel empty and lost, forsaken and alone. And then they cry out to God, and God hears their prayers again and comes to the rescue. Now this happens over and over and over and over again. But it does for us too, doesn't it? You see, this is a warning for us when everything is going well, that we too can be tempted to become complacent in our faith, forgetting the Lord and forsaking him for the things of this world. Now, we have access to really all the world with a touch of a button or a, a click of an icon on a on the internet, or the touch of a screen on our phone. And we have access to people all over the world. And we begin to think that if we rely on ourselves, we could do great things, that we can overcome anything and everyone. And by the way, when you, when you click, you can get what you want. In fact, there are something called algorithms, that's a big word, it just means that someone is watching what you choose. And then they're going to give you other things like what you choose. One time, for example, 
I was looking, to, my wife and I were looking to purchase a tent for our son and daughter-in-law. So we were looking on the internet, and then we were done with that. And when I went on Facebook, the first thing that came to me was an advertisement for a tent. How did they know that? That was pretty amazing, right? The world gives you what you want. But often, what you want is going to be harmful to you. That's why God expresses his wrath to us by giving us what we want. Until we see that it's not enough. That's going to leave us empty. Now, he does that so we repent. So, so that we turn to him and receive what we need. So that we don't just live by going on the internet, but we live by the word of God. Every Lord's Day, every day as we do our devotions, we access these gifts of God. And what he gives makes you well. He gives you what you need so that you can live a full life together with God and each other, ultimately, throughout all eternity. God allows our enemies, like the devil, the world, and our own sinful selves, to overtake us. Not to destroy us, but to get us to turn back to him in repentance and faith. He's the only one who can save us. That's the message here. Only Jesus can save you. Now Gideon, he's a picture of Jesus. For he was chosen by God to deliver Israel and get them back to where they needed to be, relying on the blessings of God and Christ. Now, the way God showed that he was at work was not only did he choose someone like Gideon who seemed weak, right, to be able to, a man of valor, he was the least of his tribe and his tribe, the least of, of all of the people. But then they had these 32,000 men to go against, to fight against the Midianites. And God said, nope, because if we allow all of these people to do this, they'll think that they did it. So first he has it knocked down by 10,000. And then it gets down to 300 people. And 300 people, it would have been impossible for them to defeat the Midianites. But guess what God does? He defeats the Midianites with only 300 people to show them that the victory, that the victory over sin and death ultimately and over these Midianites, it comes from God, not from us. Later, Jesus brought about the fulfillment of his own words, which he had spoken to Gideon, quote, and by the way, he's the one who spoke these words. He said, I will be with you, and you shall strike the Midianites as one man. And that's what happened. But ultimately, the one man Jesus has struck down the devil, the world, and our own sinful self. He has defeated all of our enemies, that we might have life together with him and one another. He did that in his suffering and death on the cross.
Listen to what the Apostle Paul says. He says, for as the one man's disobedient, the many were made sinners. Who was the one man talked about there? Who was that way back in the Old Testament who didn't trust God? Who was the first man? Who was the first man? The first man on created man. Who's the first one? Adam. And through him, sin came into the world, and so all of us, we, we can't make it. Through the one man's disobedience, the Apostle Paul reminds us, many were made sinners. So that we fall short of the glory of God, that we end up empty, that we even end up dead. The wages of sin is death. But then it says, he says this, so that by one man's obedience, the many will be made righteous. Who obeyed God, did everything he said in thought, word, and deed? Who was that? Who did that? Who did it? Be specific. Who took on our flesh and blood? Jesus, very good, yeah. He's the human being as we human beings were meant to be, so what does he do? He gives us his humanity. He clothes us with his goodness. He, he makes us good through your baptism, our baptism into Christ. He clothes us with his righteousness. He feeds us with his goodness through his word and sacrament. By his incarnation, Jesus has taken our humanity into himself, and by his death and resurrection, he has destroyed sin, death, and the devil once and for all. God does it all in Christ. Not only does he win salvation for you through his suffering, death, and resurrection. He delivers it by a spirit at work through his what? How does he bring his salvation to you? Through his? Through his body and blood and through his? His word. Yeah. Man does not live on bread alone, Right? but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. You want the antidote to your sin? Do you want the medicine of immortality? You're not going to find it on the internet. You're going to find it in Jesus, who is present here right now to deliver his salvation through his word. The one man, Jesus, defeated our powerful enemies through weakness because he is Lord in the flesh. Out of lowly Bethlehem came the one to be the ruler and deliverer of, of Israel. The Midianites, in their confusion, would end up turning on and killing one another in their camp. That's how the Lord defeated them with 300 men. In the same way, Jesus turned death and Satan against themselves on the cross, delivering us forever from their power and the sin that oppresses us still. The one man, Jesus, assumed the humanity of all people in his conception and birth. The one man's victory also counts for all people in his death and resurrection. The name Gideon, it means this, one who breaks or cuts down. Well, Jesus is our Gideon. He has broken and cut down all the false gods and the devil himself by the cut-down wood of the manger and the cut-down wood of the cross. The angel of the Lord first appeared to Gideon when he was threshing out wheat for bread in a wine press, and he departed from sight. Remember that? All of a sudden, he vanished. 
after Gideon offered up bread and meat on the rock. All this points to the altar. All this points to the Lord's Supper, where the Lord fulfills his promise to be with us in the flesh, where his body and blood offered up on the rock of Golgotha are given to us in bread and wine. Through Jesus, we have salvation. Through his giving of himself for us, through this one man, death even is defeated. And though Jesus has departed from our sight, he is still present with us as true man in our need so that we can share with him in his life with God. It's all yours through the one man, Jesus. And that's what the advent of our God, the coming of our God in Christ, is all about. You want your enemies defeated? The enemies of loneliness, the enemies of, of sin and death? Look to him, and you have life and peace with God throughout all eternity. For he is, as Gideon said, our peace. Amen. And now may the peace of God that surpasses all understanding guard our hearts and our lives in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.